On this episode of Always an Escrow, we speak with Stacy Cohen Esquire on all things prenups, divorce, and even post-divorce. It's always an uncomfortable conversation, but it's a must-have. So tune in today. Hello and welcome to Always an Escrow with Serena Appel and Colby Birchin. Hello, Colts. Hi, Serena. How are you? I'm great. So we've had quite a week. We're actually um, talking about like even the last few weeks. Uh, I got to go to a Madonna concert um, to kick off Pride in New York City. And if anybody knows me, I am a huge Madonna fan and I had to see her in person and it dreams come came true. I was front row at this amazing concert and I heard the best hits and danced like until midnight or past midnight. It was the best night. Anyway, that definitely lifted me through the last week and a half, two weeks. And then Colby got some amazing news. Um, do you want to hint at what that may be, Culps? I mean, big things are happening, especially in the month of August. I will be announcing something. Um, it might have to do with a cover and a magazine. So <laughs> <laughs> I am extremely excited. Uh, some great things are shaking up here. So that's amazing news. I am so beyond proud of you and all that you've accomplished. So talking about accomplishments, Colby, can you tell everybody what, who and what we're talking about today? The topic is uncomfortable for some and I, definitely not for you. (laughs) And my good friend, Stacey Cohen is a divorce attorney and she makes it look easy. So I thought, why not have her on the show and get over these uncomfortable topics? And Serena and I would ask these questions because you know what? With all the people moving here, obviously Stacy's going to have like an influx of people that are in uncomfortable situations getting divorced. It happens, people. So I want to ask the questions and let our viewers be well prepared if in case they are getting divorced. And there's nothing wrong with that. So Serena, back to you. Welcome to the show, Stacy. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Divorce might be an uncomfortable topic for some, but I'm a divorced divorce lawyer and there's really nothing I prefer to talk about. So for me, it's not uncomfortable at all. That's why you're with us. We are thrilled to have you. We have lots of questions. We have questions from a few of our listeners as well. And we want to jump right into it. Let's do it. You've got questions. I've got answers. (laughs) So my first question is the age old question. Does a prenup hold up in divorce? Okay, well, the answer is that it's supposed to, right? That's why people do it. Um, But it depends on a lot of factors. A prenup, more than anything, has to be done right. Because if it's not done right, um, if it's not done right, it's something people challenge. And people will challenge it, even if it's done right, people will challenge it to delay the process. So you want to make sure when you're doing a prenup, you know, in Florida, the most important things that are going to be there for a prenup to hold up are going to be disclosures, financial disclosures, 
making sure everyone knew what they were getting into. You can't come to a deal on a prenup if you don't know what the other person's financial picture looks like. So you have to have disclosures and there's no point in doing a prenup if you're not represented. You need both sides to be represented because those are going to be the basis for challenge that would be granted. Meaning if I want to fight a prenup, I'm, I'm going to hope it's one of those two things lacking because that's my best chance at getting a prenup thrown out. The other really important thing to consider with a prenup, I know people are listening to us from everywhere, is that every state is different. And so we have a ton right now of people moving down to South Florida. I only practice in South Florida, um, primarily Broward County, but I practice in Palm Beach, in Southern Palm Beach County and Miami-Dade as well. But we have a huge influx of people coming down from New York and New Jersey. Zoom world has got everyone coming at us, right? Well, in New York and New Jersey, some people are entering into prenups that allow for temporary support. So support and finances during the pendency of, their, of, of a dissolution of marriage, and they expressly waive it. And they enter into a prenup with the idea that even if this divorce is pending three years, I don't have to pay support. And that is sometimes even the purpose of the prenup. No good. No good under Florida law. So it's going to make a difference, not just um, where the prenup is entered, but where it's later being litigated. So that's definitely something to keep in mind. We're so glad that you're here to kind of explore all these, you know, complexities. This is fantastic. Great. So my question has to do with, um, you know, just like comfort and, and, you know, the, having to do with the breadwinner, right? If either the husband or the wife are the breadwinners, how can the non-breadwinner feel 100% moving forward that they will have the wherewithal to afford things after their divorce? That's, that's a good question. And it, and it actually even relates back to the last because in Florida, that's why you can't waive temporary support. In Florida, we have a concept that as soon as the divorce is filed, before you even, you know, get to see a judge, depending on depending on which county you're in, there may be a status quo order, which requires the parties to maintain the status quo. You can't just cut someone off. Um, or there's a way to get temporary relief from a court from the very beginning. So in Florida, we call the non-breadwinner, the impecunious spouse, and support is based on need and ability to pay. So if one party has a need and the other party has an ability to pay, then in Florida, there's not so much to worry about because that person is going to be supported by alimony, by child support, by whatever they need. So this is a hard one, but I'm gonna take it for the team. What if you had an affair? Does it? <laughs> Florida Florida is a no-fault state. So you ah. could have slept with every other person in South Florida, and it's not going to make a lick of difference to the judge. Now, maybe interesting to your lawyer, if you come right. to me, I'm going to ask more questions. I want to know the details. But ah. also, <laughs> because there is one way in which it makes a difference. And the only way it makes a difference when someone comes to me and they tell me that they had an affair, um, I want to know, did you vacation with the person? 
Did you buy them expensive gifts? And did you remodel their home? In Florida, you'd be surprised how many we get where they're like, no, I spent, I spent no money on my affair. Okay, they have a new kitchen. How did that happen? So in that situation, financially, to have spent money on the affair is the only thing that matters, but it's no fault. And the judge actually can't take it into account um, really for issues that are going to be relevant to the divorce. Most judges will actually stop you. Mid-testimony, I don't care. They'll stop you. I don't care. I don't want to hear the details. We're not here about that. So unlikely to matter. So this is a question um, that I've heard and explored with a few friends. Um, can people date while going through a divorce? Absolutely. I mean, people can date be before they start their divorce. So they can certainly date during their divorce. People come to me with that all the time. So in Florida, we actually, for people who like have this intrinsic feel to not date while they're married, which, okay, I, I, get, I suppose that's a good thing, right? So um, in Florida, we define marriage from the date of marriage to the date of filing, which means that by Florida law, your intact marriage is over the day you file for divorce. So I tell everybody, enjoy, you do you, may make this time more tolerable. I'm all about it. Oh, but go to therapy first. I like to throw that one in there. There you go. Most divorce lawyers don't say that, but I'm like, you need therapy, you need therapy, you need therapy. So is it important to hire an attorney? Because I do know some people get cheap with this and then they're like with their spouse, come on, let's save the money. We could do it on our on our own. We could be amicable. What What is your take on that? Absolutely. Everybody needs an attorney. Everybody needs an attorney and you need an attorney for two reasons. First is you don't know what you're doing without an attorney. So, you know, to, to, to know what you might be entitled to or not entitled to, there are people who could be leaving huge sums of money on the table. There could be people who are agreeing to things relating to their children because they think they have to because they simply don't know any better, right? So knowledge is power. And if you don't have it on your own, the quickest and easiest way to do it is going to be to hire an attorney. Now, as far as the cheap out goes, uh, you're going to hire an attorney sooner or later because you're going to learn real quick that this isn't a process you can be in, in yourself. Because even, let's say, I have people who come to me the, all the time. I can I, I pulled up this form online. I'm pretty sure I can draft my, my own divorce. And I am like, okay, cool. Let's play this out. What are you going to do after you draft your divorce? And I just sit and I wait. And I'm like, oh, oh, you think you might actually need to get in front of a judge? How, how do you think you go about that? And nobody knows. They're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I'm like, that's right. And that's why you're going to hire a lawyer. And it's really important in divorce, possibly more than any other area, although I'm not a jack of all trades. I only practice divorce. Um well, anything in the unified family court, it's really important to hire a lawyer that practices um, in the area of law. You really, you know, nobody should get divorced by a traffic lawyer. Um, you know, so people should be looking for family lawyers. Someone who's going through a family issue should be looking for a family lawyer 
who's used to dealing with the intricacies of family law and quite frankly, used to being in front of the judges that are sitting on the bench. Um, because how else do you know what to expect? The most valuable thing I can tell my client is what to expect. And if I don't know their judge, I can't tell them what to expect. So I have a question um, from a listener about um, post-divorce. And, you know, the situation is that she went through the divorce, all the paper, papers are filed. It's been a few years, you know, now reflecting back on those earlier times, you know, and even some handshake promises that were made, like such as that an apartment was, you know, going to happen and all that stuff. Like, you know, how can she um, explore, you know, next steps? Like what what would you recommend for her. So I would have to look through the whole case to give a complete opinion. But in Florida, that handshake over an apartment, that's not going to hold up. That's not going to hold up under basic contract law, under real property law, which says that, you know, real property has to be dealt with in writing. Um, and it's not going to hold up in family law because if it wasn't in the final judgment or wasn't in the marital settlement agreement, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. I mean, you could promise anything, but it gets erased. Everything gets wiped clean in Florida with the entry of a final judgment. And if it's not included, it doesn't exist. Now, there are a couple of different ways to vacate a final judgment if it was procured by fraud. You know, the, the listener you're speaking about may have questions um, that, re- that, that maybe rise to the level of this was, this was induced by fraud and it could be vacated. Now, those are really limited and the courts don't like to grant them. It may also be, though, and the reason that she should always talk to a lawyer is because this far out from final judgment, there are mechanisms through the family court to modify. And while she wouldn't be able to modify equitable distribution, in Florida, equitable distribution is non-modifiable, there are other issues, support, child support, um, time sharing, Anything relating to a child in Florida is always modifiable. And so those are things she may want to look to get in front of the court to see if she has circumstances that rise to the level of what's required for a modification. So I don't want to sound sexist, but I have a question. Is it true that women lawyers are more sought after in a divorce so it's, it's definitely true. I mean, statistically, it's true. And to me, it kind of makes sense, right? I mean, I, I won't go women are better at all things, but to me, it makes sense. So, uh, you know, there are plenty of divorce lawyers who are women who have a background in mental health, or I have a background in social work. Um, so it, our, per, our natural personalities besides our careers, sort of lend to the dynamic of what's necessary in a family case. So I have women who will only hire women because they know they need the support of another woman. I have men who will only hire a woman woman 
because as a man, they don't want the appearance of hiring a man to take them in front of a woman judge or a court. Um, a lot of men believe that they should strategically hire a woman because of the optics of litigation. Got it. Mm-hmm. Listen, I know from personal experience, my wife and I, we, well, first of all, we both love you. And I think we said this in front of you. We said, no, she's mine. No, she's mine. And then my wife said, listen, I'm just going to kill you. So <laughs> you're not even going to get to that point. I know. And then I represent no one because, again, I don't do criminal defense. So when she kills you, I, I can't even help her. I mean, I can help her hide your body, but right. I definitely can't represent her. <laughs> well, I understand that you, after getting divorced yourself, you started to really jump into running. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So, you know, I had really interesting timing with my divorce. Um, and my divorce story is not the normal. You hear people who go through three-year divorces. You hear people who go through all of that. I woke up on a Saturday and decided I wanted to live a different life. Um, and that the only way I was going to be able to accomplish for myself and my children the life I wanted was to get divorced. I filed. I That was a Saturday morning. I told my husband Saturday night. And because I am who I am, he's like, yes, Stacey. Okay, let's talk about it again next week. Um, and then Monday morning, I filed for divorce. And a week later, we went to mediation. And two weeks later, I walked through my own final judgment. And that wow. was in January of 2020. Uh, right one before month, the pandemic. Yeah, the end of wow. January. So by the time we were done. So a month before the world shut down. So I was newly divorced with a, um, with a two, a, essentially a two and a five-year-old at home during a global pandemic, you know, months after my divorce. And I was like, oh, I, I have a Peloton I've never used. Maybe I should get on. And I did. And they say, you know, so I'm super Peloton obsessed. And, you know, they're always saying on Peloton, you know, one ride will change your day. Many rides will change your life. And I, it, it changed my life. I spent a year of the pandemic riding Peloton and loving where I would like to see. So first of all, it's therapy, right? Like people who ride Peloton know, like you're either a Cody girl or, you know, maybe you're into Robin, like whoever, right? But like, it doesn't matter that there are a million people there. For sure, they're talking to me, right? Like that message could, they're, they're in my brain. They know what I need to hear. They're talking to me. So it's therapeutic. And obviously, I'm a little bit competitive. So I would love to like see where I fell on the leaderboard. Those leaderboards, really, they get you going. So they put out the tread. And then I bought a tread. I had never run before. I'm like, yeah, I'll buy a tread. I've never run before. Um, so I bought a tread. I lost 50 pounds. I started racing. And now I am like race obsessed and I just qualified and I'll be racing the New York City Triathlon in three weeks. So Okay, really so when excited. you come to New York, we're going out. Um, I would love to take you to one of the restaurants that I'm working with and we can meet in person and toast 
this amazing accomplishment because that sounds amazing. I love it. So cool. Stacey, any any last thoughts? I I would I would tell everyone don't let fear keep you where you are. And that's not divorce advice. I mean, it's kind of divorce advice, right? But that's life advice. Um, There are so many people living the life that they live because they're just scared to make change or scared to do anything else. And, you know, everyone says like they joke that I'm like the, the poster child for divorce. But one day I decided like, I'm not going to live scared or comfortable and I'm going to go after what I want in life. And I I think that many people can do that. And I think that the first step to doing that is always going to be knowledge. So when we talk about prenups and we talk about what's going to happen in divorce, talk to a divorce lawyer, find out what's going to happen because the unknown is scary. But when you know what to expect and you start to strategize and plan, sometimes you can give yourself a much better life than what you have. Cohenblastlaw.com, you guys, everybody. She's amazing. She is. Well, I can't wait to meet you in person. In this New was York. so wonderful. <laughs> we'll be in New York together. We'll share a meal. We'll, I love we, it. And Colby, thank you so much for bringing on Stacy and for taking the time with us today, Stacy. This is great. Thank, Thank you, you Stacy. Thank you guys for having me.